Welcome to Love Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kiara. And I'm your host, Chris. Join us on this journey as we share our stories, insights, and experiences on relationships, parenting, traveling, health and fitness, business, and generational wealth. Today is part four of this four-part series where we cover 20 relationship milestones. So let's start with facing health challenges. So fortunately for us, we don't have any health challenges or we haven't had any health issues. But truth be told, I do have a I do have a couple of concerns. Concerns, diagnoses. I have a couple I, as you know I have type 2 diabetes and high blood pressure and I used to have high cholesterol I don't have high cholesterol anymore this is primarily that issue was primarily resolved with exercise and changes to my diet and obviously the diabetes and the high blood pressure are just issues that can be maintained with proper diet and exercise. Right. So I think if we're going to talk about health challenges, the the most important thing I think a couple can do as far as facing health challenges is doing everything they can to prevent them. And doing everything they can to prevent them, which would be what? Eating healthy, working out, what else? Those are the two primary ways to address both of those right, issues. Right. Diet, which is eating properly. And we don't eat bad. We, no, we don't eat bad. We typically try to control our portion size. Right. Um, limit the amount of fried food we eat. We don't eat a lot of fried food. No. Well, no, we don't eat a lot. And then, so portion control. Limit the amount of fried food, and I do intermittent fasting because you know my goal is to be down to one seventy five. Gonna happen. Well, one ninety five. Yeah, that'll work. And uh, so intermittent fasting. You haven't done any long fast with me. You do like day fast. Can I drink your water? Yeah, but I might have a health challenge because you coughing pretty. You coughing pretty <laughs> bad over there. But I, I think I've gone from my current weight is about 215, 220. I do want to be between 195, 200. And I've primarily done that through intermittent fasting where I fast between uh, the minimum fast is 16 hours. The longest I've fasted has been 60 hours. Yeah, that's a long time. And that's just with water and black coffee. But I've gone from 279 down to 215. 220 with about 20 pounds to lose right. to get to my goal right. weight. Yeah, that's a lot. I fast, fasted a little while, but um, not as long as you. you. You typically eat once a day, so that's a form of fasting. Yeah. It's called OMAD, one yeah. meal a day. So I, I'll eat breakfast at work sometimes. or sometimes, I, If I eat breakfast at work, then I won't eat again until I get home. <clears throat> or if I, uh, well, normally that's how it is. Or if I don't eat breakfast, I try not to eat breakfast as much. I'm not really a breakfast person, 
but I'd be hungry some mornings. So I just snack on something. But like, I rarely eat lunch at work. So by the time I do make it home, I'm hungry. I'm really hungry. So, so yeah, like one time a day. If you really want to push that fasting, skip that breakfast. I yeah. Uh, but I think skip it and and eat at twelve o'clock. Eat at eat lunch or just tough it out till you get home. It'd be like that some days, but some a lot of days I don't I don't even bring lunch. I I fast almost every day, just because I don't eat breakfast. So right. if you don't eat breakfast, you eat dinner, and you don't eat again until lunch the right. next day. You typically you can get to sixteen hours, yeah. which is the Easy. minimum to yeah. be considered fasting. Um, but exercise, we have a home gym. Mm, yeah. As you know, we have a home gym right there under the garage. And I need to utilize more. I make it a habit to get out there four to five days a week. Sometimes seven days, but typically I like to take one or two days off. Right. But, um, so <clears throat> I think we're doing a fairly good job. We're still fairly young. You're 34, I'm 42. So the health challenges are probably coming at some point. Right. So the, the primary goal is to stave them off as long as possible and yeah. that's just taking care you only get one body that's it so you might as well take care of it yeah. another issue that most people uh who have health issues um they don't go to the doctor as often um so by the time they do go to the doctor uh well things start bothering them first and by the time they do go to the doctor sometimes it'd be too late like i've i've I grew up with people like that or family members who uh, don't go for yearly checkup or just checkups in general. And by the time they do go to the doctor, it's kind of like too late. So I think, you know, you have to kind of stay on top of. At a minimum, people should see their primary care doctor once a year. I actually see mine twice a year. Yeah. And, and it's because of the diabetes. Now, if. You know, if any, like, well, when I first went to the doctor, I remember, I remember when I was diagnosed with it. Um, I was driving home. I probably was out of law school, one or two years out of law school. I was driving home and I, like, I had to, I had to go to the bathroom so bad. I ran in a gas station holding myself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, something's wrong. I'm going to the doctor tomorrow. Right. Um, and I went. And it was like, you urinate a lot when you have diabetes. So the test they do is the A1C test, which tests your mm. blood sugar levels over a three-month period. Well, my A1C was 10.2. A normal is below six. Wow. Wow. So it had been running a rapper yeah. for a while. Right. And uh, I have not had a reading. This would have been 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. I have not had a reading that would be considered elevated in over 15 years. I think it's time for me to go get a checkup. You should. Yeah, I should. But um, I believe that when health challenges do come, 
you one thing you want to do is make sure you're with somebody who's going to stand by you and support you through it. I agree. Um, I do feel that I have that with you, and I'm telling you, you have that with me. Right. Um, so that's, but I, I think in order to be willing to stay by somebody through, for better or worse, through thick or thin, through the good and the bad, you have to build a strong foundation in the relationship. Yeah, that's the main thing, a strong foundation. You don't, want, you don't want to get sick and then add extra pressure to be worried about, okay, is my significant other really going to be here like she should be or he should be or say he will be or she will be? Right. It's like you don't really want to be thinking about that at a time where you're going through health issues. So I agree with you. You got that, baby. So when it comes to parenting discussions or parenting styles, this is true when you have kids with the person or when y'all, as as in our situation, it's a blended family. You came with kids. I came with kids. Right. So our parenting styles are similar but not identical. True. Um, and I think it's important. Similar how? Similar in that. You raise your voice at your kids. I do. You'll curse them, use profanity if, <laughs> if, if needed. Yeah, if needed. I do. Um. So I, I'm cool with that, and you and you are demanding of them. I'm like, very demanding. Of you those de- boys. demand that they contribute around the house. Yeah. Demand that they be respectful. Demand that they do their part. Their part. So I. I like that because that's the same way I am. I don't believe kids are just little creatures that we're completely responsible yeah. for. Absent after the age of maybe four or five. After that age, look, if you eat, you know how to put your dishes in the sink. After or four or five? Yeah, four or five. You maybe I wouldn't, early. Say, I wouldn't say four or five. Before that? Yes. Before that. What age? Because you think of it there's two and three year olds nowadays in uh head starts or uh early child care uh um uh, environments. That's like one of the uh one of the skills that you they you allow the child to take their own plate and go dump it and, and all that. It may spill a little bit, but no, you gotta start them a little earlier than that. So at two years old yeah, two to three years old. Start you start training. Yeah, I'm with that. Yeah. So so I think I would say we're on the same page as far as this what should be expected of them. Right. right. Just sooner than sooner than I would. Yeah. Yeah. So same thing, just a little sooner. Yeah. Um. You're more. Patient than I am? Yeah. More patient. I would agree with that. Yeah. You are. You are you way more patient than I am. There's a couple of times I not in front of the kids, obviously. If you I always say if a parent is chastising a kid right or wrong, you let them be right or wrong in front in front of the kid, if even if you feel they're wrong. You just let them be wrong, and y'all can have a discussion after. Yeah. So a couple of times you, I didn't like what you. I don't think you necessarily. Oh yeah, I think it. 
well, it's maybe one or two times you didn't you didn't like what I said, I think. Or or I think you fussed at one of your kids and I didn't I thought it was too quick. Like you Right, you, right, you, right. You went to ten too quick enough. Yeah. Like, but that was a conversation we had after, not in front of them. I'm yeah. not gonna do that. I mean, I guess if they listen to the podcast, they'll know. Yeah. But I'm never gonna I'm never gonna def- I'm never gonna we're not going to disagree. Your question yeah, in, in, in public, but yeah. in private, yeah, you tell me, okay, I feel like you were wrong. That's what any situation. But I think it's good to at least discuss parenting styles. I know some people don't believe in corporal whoopings or spankings right. ever. Now, I could probably count on, you know, my, my older kids are 15, 17, and 21, mm-hmm. and I almost never had to I, my 21 year old I don't I can't even remember really having to spank him ever spank after, after the age of you know after the like the yeah, toddler after, stage yeah, yeah after the toddler stage no not I fuss at him yeah but like whooping him after a certain age no I'm threatening the hell out of him I'm gonna threaten him take their phone take every privilege I can but yeah. uh you know, I, I I do believe that, like, getting to the point where you have to put your hands on them, that should be a last resort. Definitely a last resort. And I don't know. I think <clears throat> I think I probably spanked CJ one time in his life. Camp Madison, I can only think of one time in her life smacking her. And Cameron, uh, it's a little bit more. It's probably once a year with him. <laughs> My my kids have been more than once. I'm not gonna say I only spanked them one time. It's been more than once, but typically last resort. Normally, when I tell them to do something, they they do it. Uh, not no. Well, yeah, normally, but um, it's been times they've been a little rebellious, and I gotta just go take it there with them. Be that, be that parent. And then it's a different with a woman raising sons. It's like, I can't show, I'm, I can't show a weakness. Well, here, here's, now that you say that, I'm going to say this statement. Mm-hmm. You might find it controversial. But that, and it's kind of what I believe, because I was raised by a single mom also. Right. I believe a woman cannot raise a boy to be a man, but she can, a woman cannot raise a boy to be a man, but she will do her best, which usually results in her overcompensating. What do you think about that? I don't agree with that. I really don't agree with that. I mean, I I know a lot of men who was raised by a single mother. Me too. I was one of them. Yeah. So why would you... Why would you make that comment though? Because that's how I feel. So, what do you what do you what do you feel that your mom lacked? Raising? She wasn't a, a penis. So just she didn't no, have a, not a penis. She was not a man. So so it's things that you felt like my father should have showed me that my mama couldn't name 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 something. Yeah, and I and I think my mama made it a point to make sure I was. Tough, like tougher than I needed to be. Well, that's true. I agree with that. It can be like that, but 
Uh, I can't speak for any other single mom, but I'm not that parent. I, I've let my son, I constantly tell my kids I love them. I let them know it's okay to cry. Um, I know uh, anxiety and depression runs in my family. So uh, being that they are that age, they can't, if they are dealing with something, they can't really determine at that age, like what, what's wrong with them. So I, I constantly ask them like, okay, you good? You want to talk about something? It's been a time before, like I actually, one of my sons, I, I just look, can look at him and tell that they wasn't okay. So I hugged him and he immediately cried. But I don't raise him to be, oh, I don't, you better not cry. Or you a boy, don't do this. Or don't do that. No. Don't be like that. Okay. So I want you to pause for a second and think about the number of people you know who are single mothers who don't do that. It's a lot. I agree. It is a lot that don't do that. All I know is I don't want to be that mother. I don't want... I want my sons to be uh men that's they grow up to be men that don't have those uh mommy issues or dealing with things that they are not from their childhood that they're not healed from. Uh they, I can guarantee you they won't be able to say, My mama didn't do this, my mama didn't do that, or I couldn't do this in front of my mama, I couldn't share this, you know, couldn't speak about this with her. No conversation is is never too tough for me to talk to them about. So whether it's sex, whether it's uh uh peer pressure, anything like we're gonna talk about it. So I stand by my statement. What your statement? But because I, so if I think of, if you think about it, and I could be wrong. I'm not saying I can't be wrong. I'm, I there feel- are there are there are exceptions. There's always exceptions. Okay, but I think more. I think it's more the case, the statement I believe is true in more instances than it is not true. That, you know, women, that women, women raising boys to be men tend to overcome. Okay, so what is it that a man can show a boy that a woman can't? Nothing. There's nothing a man can show a boy that a woman can't. I'm saying that women tend to overcompensate. Okay. Like here's an example. You can go you we can talk to my kids right now and mm-hmm. and I tell them it's okay to cry. I tell them it's okay to let it out. Crying doesn't make you soft or weak. I tell it to my boys. Mm-hmm. I say now you know you can't walk around crying about everything, no. but if something's serious, somebody passes away, somebody's sick, if something's bothering you, you can let it out. Yeah, you can. I tell them that I don't feel the need to make them tough. No, you should so that's what I'm saying. It's oh, I as a man, I don't overcompensate by saying, "Dude, you're a boy. You the boys don't cry." So you feel that a woman has make make her sons feel like that? A lot of women do. Yeah, maybe so. I'm I'm not that woman, and I don't think it's necessary. It's not necessary. I agree with that part. It's not it's not necessary at all. Now you can't butter them up and. I'll be the first to say so, that. Make them soft as either. You know, I don't raise no softy. But I mean, I I do want them to to know that you can come to me about anything. Like I let them know that it's it's really no conversation too hard for me to have with them. 
So I don't I don't want them to be like super hard where you can't have a vulnerable conversation with like my oldest. You know, if he can't have a vulnerable conversation with the person he's dating, you know, it's a lot of baggage that comes with uh childhood issues that you can bring into no doubt, you know, your your relationship or or your adult life. So, yeah. <clears throat> That's another conversation. It'll be another podcast topic. Very interesting. I'm sure we have a lot to say about that. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> say yeah, no doubt. Renewing commitment. I think we touched on that a good bit when we talked about how yes. we how we renew our commitment to each other. We we make it a point to date each other. Like we're we're not just two people. Uh, we're not two ships passing each other in the dark. We we live together now. We date. We still date each other. Yeah. We go out on still dates. Date. We talk on we the talk phone. A lot. We text a lot. Um, we go places together. Not just. You know, we go on dates like dinner night, but we go places together. Yeah. We take trips together. You got to keep that spark. That's my, I'm not, well, I don't, that's not my biggest fear in this relationship, but it could be um, an issue. Normally when, when, uh, when you get into a relationship, like you do all these, feel like these necessary things to get this person. And once like y'all together, you stop dating. That's right. You stop doing all the things you did to, to actually get that person. And that's where it kind of goes downhill. I wonder like couples 20, that's been in married 20, 30, 40 years, like if they ever get to the point where, um, how do they renew their commitment? I think they just continually date each other. I think so. They continue to make each other priority. They continue to spend time. And I the couples that the people that I see last long term, their significant other is number one, and that's right. before that's before work, that's before family, that's before kids. That person, people, people seem to find it hard to accept that your spouse or significant other has to be, come before your kids. Right. They're supposed to. I see the parents. Go ahead. The kids are going to grow up, leave, and go live their life. You're right. either going to be alone or with your significant yeah. other. Yeah. That person is supposed to be the number one priority. The kids are a priority, but they're just not the number one priority. I see very few people, couples, like that, though. I don't know. Maybe it's from where I come from. or But I see it. I can name on one hand a couple of uh, couples that's been together 20, 30, 40 plus years that I've come in contact with that you actually can um, look at them and see, like, this is genuine love. Like, you know that they've been through the good, the bad, the ugly, and they still stuck it out. You know, like, only a, a, a few. Nowadays, I think it's more, more so, I'm not tolerating that. I'm not dealing with this. Or he don't want to take me out on the date. I'm going to go out with my friends. I'm going to do that, you know. Instead of trying to actually sit down and say, I feel like we need to do this differently. Or um, how come you don't do all the things that you've done prior to us, you know, when you were trying to actually make me your significant other. A lot of people be quick to give up. That's true. So, 
you know, date nights. Even if it's just a stroll, getting the video can be like, come on, let's go take a ride. Let's go talk. Music, listen to music. We don't do that often, but that's like one of, because our music is totally different. But that's one of my- Yeah, love you got a poor taste in music. Not true. Yours. <laughs> that's like one of my love languages, though. I don't know if you know that. Music? Music. I only listen to like three people. Yeah, I know. That's why we never we never discuss music or we never talk about music. Future, Moneybag, Gucci. It would not be my first choice. That's the top three. That's good. Reflecting on the journey. That's interesting. I'm gonna let you handle that one. Reflecting on the journey. Our yeah. journey? Our journey. Man. It's literally nothing about our journey that I wouldn't I wouldn't change. Talk talk about the journey. Like I would talk about the journey, like from the the moment we've started dating to now, um it's been like everything hasn't been all good, but there's been a lot of new experiences from why are you tearing up? I see your tears, baby. I see your tears. I see your tears. My allergies are bad. You do not see tears. I see tears. Or maybe you yawned or something, but your eyes got like real watery. I'm waiting on you to reflect. I am reflecting. I'm reflecting on the beginning. It wasn't, well, of course it was new, but I'm, I'm trying to put it into words like how I want to put this. Um, this journey has, uh, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad we went on this journey. I'm glad we didn't give up. I'm glad we kept throughout everything that we just kept pushing. Like, it's, it's no better feel. Now at this point, it's like, it's no better feeling to know, like, I have my person. Okay. So if I'm sitting here mm. listening. I don't know anything about the journey. Tell me about the journey. What is I want you to reflect on the journey. From beginning to end? From beginning. The journey isn't over. The journey is not over. The journey is basically. From beginning to where we are now. Reflect. You got 60 seconds. I only have 60 seconds. Why do I have 60 seconds? It's pressure. Don't put pressure on you. Um, so for me, if I'm going to reflect on our journey, I would say is it it started out as just a chance encounter with somebody I hadn't seen in ten years, right? Who I dated for a month or two, or three. How long we dated back then? Oh, you told me. We dated one to three months. Right. Ten years. 10 years ago, ten not 10 years ago, 12 or 13 years now, but 10 years prior to us starting, 10 years prior to us running into each other in 2021, uh, 10 years prior to that, we dated for one to three months. Right. It was very brief. Very. So when I saw you that, I... For the first time in all those years, I was like, oh, I hadn't seen her in a while. And I was like, oh, let me see if I can. Hmm. Um, 
get some of her attention. You know, so I we went out that night. It was me, you, and a few other people. So it wasn't like one on one time. But no, we, we I thought we had we vibe, we had good chemistry. I, we did. Actually that night I feel like both of us needed to be out for some odd reason. Mm-hmm. Well, I, my reasons. I hadn't seen you in so long. What were your reasons? Like we just we actually discussed in the first episode what was my reasons why I feel like I needed to be out that night. Okay. Yeah. What if I didn't see the first episode? You saw the first episode. If anybody who's watching this needs to watch the first episode before they get to this one. What 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 can you give us like a little preview of what I can. Um at that time, prior to meeting you, I was in a space of healing, a space of uh finding myself. Like new new beginnings. What you were what were you healing from? You fell down and hurt yourself? You didn't give me a chance to say it. I was about to say that. Okay. Healing okay. from a prior relationship or a situation that I was in or I was dealing with somebody that um I was no longer dating anymore. And uh it didn't end too well. I felt like I lost myself in that relationship. So at the time, prior to meeting you, I was finding myself again. I was finding my happiness. I was determined not to experience what I've dealt with then and with somebody. I refused to deal with that again. So I was pretty much in a just starting to be in a good place. So I hadn't been out in a while, just work, home, kids, and I needed to be out that night. Mm-hmm. You ain't all hard. <laughs> so you needed to be out that night. I did. I did too. I was more attached than you were. I was still living with someone, still technically married to that person, even though we were not. the The emotional attachment was gone, not there, non-existent. But um. After that night, I had this strange urge to see you again. Really? Uh-huh. So I knew, like, I knew I wanted to explore. The, I wanted to explore us more. Like, I, I can't say I was looking for a full-blown relationship and all of that after the first night I saw you after all those years. But... I would say within the first three to five dates, I knew right. I wanted to talk to you. And then we just kept building from there, you know, from making each other a priority, making right. it a priority to talk to each other, making it a priority to see each other, making it a priority to spend time together, have a long time together. Um, and as time progressed, we made it a priority to introduce each other to each other's kids. Um, that was a relief that that was a big relief. My kids liked you, and I think you said the same thing. Yeah, that was a big relief. And so, so the journey, the journey ultimately led us to you living with me. Yes. Um, it kind of wasn't planned it to was happen. Planned. At least not. As quick as it did, but it just so happened you had 
you had you had a great job opportunity and it was convenient for you to be here. Right. And we were I think we were moving towards ultimately living together anyway. Right. So I think we probably did it quicker than we would have. Yeah, we did. But uh I mean I I don't even think we were we briefly discussed like I mean, of course everybody dating you talk about uh living with one another. I don't do that. Well go ahead. <laughs> yeah, okay. But anyway, you talk about living with one another eventually, but so we talked about it a little bit. Like, oh, maybe, maybe one like one day we'll stay with each other and this is what I like, this is what I don't like. But me actually, us actually living together like as quick as we did, I don't think we even discussed it. I think it happened a year, from what our conversations, it happened a year, it happened a year sooner than we thought it would. You put a date on it, I didn't. Okay, that may be true. And, uh, but I ha- I have no regrets about it. I don't think there's anybody else I'd rather live with. Right. Um, I did think I was gonna just live by myself for a while. But um, you think you should have? No. Like I said, I don't have it. I don't have any regrets about it. Right. There's nothing I gain by living by myself. There's nothing I lose by having you here. I gain a lot. So. That would be my reflection. So I'm um, just here, present in a relationship, looking forward to see what's going to happen in the future. Yep. I guess we will just continue on this journey and see what happens next. Well, that brings us to the very last point we need to discuss in this four part series that covers. 20 relationship milestones and that is embracing change together so what change have we embraced what changes have we embraced and what changes do you anticipate us having to embrace in the future that was so confusing huh that was so confusing and well let me break it down to two part what changes have we embraced up until this point. Up until this point, we have changes we have embraced. Um, of course, living conditions like living with one another. I mean, the different. Why are you smiling? Cause you, when you first started staying here, it's just calling yourself a guest. And I told Technically, my cousin, I was a guest. I told my cousin you was living here, and you said I'm a guest. Technically, I was a guest because. Well, we just say that we didn't really talk about it. So at the time, I was a guest. So like living, living arrangements, us living together, that's something that we both had to, that was a change and had to embrace. Um, our living styles, the way we live prior to living with one mm-hmm. another. Um, why are you looking puzzled? Because I, I don't know what you mean by living style. Living style, like. Um, I'm cleaner than you. I'm more organized than you. Okay, we balance each other out. What else? Um, dang, it's not really much. It's like the, it's like the only thing that I can think of. 
Yeah, that's good. We're both a fairly clean. Yeah. We're both a fairly organized. You just more organized than me. A lot more organized. Well, a lot more organized, and I'm a lot more. I'll give you that. Okay, good. Um. Uh, <laughs> I had to learn something. I had to embrace was um when we have disagreements. We will have disagreements or arguments or whatever you want to call it. Um, if I want this or wanted this to work, this relationship, I couldn't always be like, well, I'm going to just get my things and leave. I'm going to go home. Because how do you, I, I had to learn, how do, how do I expect to um, want to spend the rest of my life with this person and now want to the most pettiest arguments. I'm like, I'm leaving. I'm I'm going back to my house. That's how you did it before me? It's not about relationships? No, that's not how I did. Why you was doing that then? I don't know. Because it was easy. It was convenient. It was convenient to just walk yeah, away? to just get my things and go to my house. I mean, I, had, I didn't live with anybody with years. Before you and I. How many years? Gotta be like. Shit. About six. Six years before you. It was just me and my son. So it was it was easy. Like look. I ain't got to tolerate this. I can go home. But. That's a, that's a habit I had to break. So I had to embrace that. I had that's, That was a major change. What would I do when you would say that? Let me leave. Why? I don't know. You have to answer that. You have to tell me why. I only wanted you here if you wanted to be here. Fine right with that. Fine with that. So moving forward, what what changes do you think we're going to have to embrace? Actually, I think we are doing things now to prep us prep us for the future so it won't be very many changes that we have to embrace my biggest thing will be um financial stuff because we don't really we don't really talk about financial stuff much i I literally think we talk about everything else except for that i do believe that's something we have to get on that same page with with respect to everything the only thing we come together on is really is like the real estate side of stuff right Uh, we don't we don't i don't know what debt you have you don't know what debt i have that needs that needs to be known um and we we don't really pay bills together you pay your bills i pay my bills yes that's it and i know like um I know why. So, whenever you're in a relationship, as as I always say, um, you bring a lot of baggage from prior relationships. So for me, when it comes to my finances, I I'm a bit guarded. I always have been. No, I take that back. I haven't always been guarded, mm-hmm. but I did. My relationship with you was the third long-term relationship I've been in. Right. Um, so 
I'm not guarded. I wasn't guarded with my finances in my first relationship mm -hmm. because I thought I could trust her. Right. I was extremely guarded in the second relationship because I did not feel that I could trust her. Right. And I do feel like there's like a, um, how do I say it? There's just like a little lingering, lingering, like a little lingering going on as far as, for me personally, when it comes to open up. I have made it a point to open up to you about a lot of that. Right. Um, but I do know like a small part of me kind of like, it's not that I don't ever want to do it. It's like, when do I want to fully do that? Well, I do know there's one big area of change you and I have discussed. What's that? Introducing to this equation, relationship. Having one or two... Children? Yes. <laughs> boys, right? Uh, I don't know about all that. I don't see why not. I have enough boys. It's, so one... it's only 10. That's a lot. Ten boys and one girl. What yeah. Eight boy one boy. I don't know if you want to see what type of athlete he'll be he'll be. Me too. But slim chance of getting one. Very slim. See, very slim chance, but don't hurt the child. Well other than that, I think. I don't I don't foresee any other major um changes we have to embrace. What do I? Just gotta keep trucking. One day at a time. One day at a time, baby. That wraps up our four-part series covering 20 relationship milestones. If you found any of this interesting, like and subscribe and stay tuned. We will continue to bring you additional content additional podcast videos one time at least once a week that's our goal right now once a week we'll see how that goes if it takes off we may increase it to two or three times a week